0: This episode of the Up for Discussion podcast is brought to you in part by Whiskey Lane. Launched in Kelowna, B.C. and now expanding to Montreal, Whiskey Lane is on a mission to share their obsession with quality food and drinks with growing audiences by keeping the best local flavors on their minds and on their tongues. No matter what your business needs to grow, Whiskey Lane knows how to make it happen. Whiskey Lane, bringing long lines to the producers of specialty food and drinks go to whiskeylane.ca to find out more and that's whiskey the canadian way without a knee you understand it just takes a little time Hi, I'm Tom Zalatnai, and, and you're listening to episode 308 of Up for Discussion, a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Every week, we tackle a different ingredient, dish, or style of cuisine, sharing our favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. Now, there's a lot of argument about the correct way to pronounce the topic of today's show, so I'm actually just going to let Wikipedia do it for us. Putin. Putin. Today, we're talking all about Putin. But before we dig in, I want to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where I'm recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important to remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and to engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. So I want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. To continue our gradual, ever-expanding exploration of the many culinary cultures of Canada, this week's show is all about poutine. If you're from outside of Quebec, you might not have the best idea of what poutine is. Maybe you've heard of it, or tried a chef's best approximation of one at a restaurant where you live, or you've seen Guy Fieri tear into one on the Food Network, but unless you live here, odds are you've never actually eaten one. Not a real one, anyway. The poutine, popularized by the Québécois cascourts of the 1950s, is a dish which, at its core, consists of three simple elements—french fries, cheese curds, and brown gravy. My guest Liam and I will get into all the nuances around those three elements during this episode, but let me preface all of this by saying, I don't often like to draw hard lines when it comes to food, I like experimentation, I like when people think outside the box, and I like when a chef takes something and really puts their own spin on it. But I will draw a few hard lines when it comes to poutine. The french fries have to be potato french fries. The cheese curds have to be cheese curds. And the gravy has to be a brown gravy. Beyond that, you can go nuts with it. But if any of those three elements is missing or replaced with something close but ultimately different, it still might be a good dish. I mean, heck, it might even be better than a real poutine at a lot of places. But it's not a poutine. And if you call it a poutine, I will yell at you about it. So, with that aside, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode, where Liam and I talk all about what makes a poutine such a beautiful and important part of our local food culture, and share some of our favorite additional toppings and takeout joints that we think are worth checking out next time you're in Quebec. My guest for this week's episode of Up for Discussion is none other than Liam Julian. Liam is a Twitch streamer based here in Montreal. You can find him on Twitch at, uh, I guess, twitch.tv slash MeritLage227 or on Twitter and all the other platforms also at MeritLage227 and I'll put uh, all of that in the description so that you can click it because it's easy access because that's what we're about here. Liam, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. So uh, I always like to give my guest a chance to kind of contextualize themselves uh, in terms of like their relationship with food, where they're from, how they grew up, to sort of paint a broad picture of themselves before we dive into the topic at hand. So uh, for my listeners, who are you? Who is Liam Julian? Uh,
1: Well, not to brag, but I've been eating my whole life, Tom. What? Uh, since I was born, no. I think I've been eating food of some kind. It's been, it's been interesting. So uh, my mom, actually, while she was pregnant with me, couldn't eat anything spicy. She okay. couldn't eat any spicy food. I was very picky about that. Now, since I've been here on this planet Earth, uh, I have... Uh, developed a taste for spice, but I'm not, like, into really, really spicy foods. Sure. Uh, I've definitely been exposed to a lot of fast food because of, like, you know, just the, the world we live in. It's just been a lot, and it's... I went to college here on the South Shore, and our college is right next to a subway, so I had a lot of subway, had a lot of, like, diner experiences that had subs and stuff like hot dogs, poutine, pizza, just like the, the usual stuff. Sure. But, uh, yeah, I've... Uh, enjoyed a lot of food for a long time. I've actually had a lot of uh, my friends have food allergies. My sister has a few food allergies as well as much of my friends since elementary school. So it's been interesting what I was allowed to bring school to eat for lunch because like peanut allergies and all that uh, I had a friend who was allergic to sesame seeds my sister doesn't do well with kiwis like there's been a lot of like interesting like here and there stuff and it hasn't really affected me because I don't have any food allergies but it's been interesting to it's interesting to think about that like there's a lot of stuff that I really didn't eat just because I wasn't allowed to bring it into the public spaces I was in.
0: Right. Yeah, no, I get that for sure. It's it's always interesting being the person with no dietary restrictions surrounded by the people who have them because you, you want to be sensitive to it. You want to make sure that you're not like accidentally, you know, poisoning your friends or like, you mm-hmm. know, leaving them out of a meal. But at the same time, it really makes you do kind of culinary gymnastics sometimes to figure out like, Oh, what am I supposed to make? Like my, uh, my partner Tefer recently cut out gluten and dairy at the same time the <laughs> and, uh, for, for like valid reasons, you know, but I, uh, I just, I know how to do things gluten-free and I know how to do things dairy-free, but the list of things that I can make that are both gluten-free and dairy-free is basically just meat and vegetables. And I'm like, okay, well, I yeah. like meat and vegetables. We can make this work, but I keep going to the store and like buying groceries, and then getting home and realizing that like half the stuff I bought has either gluten or dairy. Yeah, in one it. or the other. Oh shit! What do I do now? And the solution is I just eat more of it myself, but
1: then I feel bad, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely a thing. Mo- moving out has been uh, on our minds. My, my, my girlfriend and I for quite some time, but uh, due to COVID, we haven't really had a strong opportunity or stable enough work environment. Sure. Yeah. To realistically do so. So we haven't, we, we do agree on a lot of the same foods. There are some stuff that I get like there's, there's some stuff. It's not deal breakers, but the fact that my girlfriend doesn't like pizza, really scares me sometimes like I am I have chosen this person to share my life with and they do not like pizza right and they do not like bacon and then she goes well you can just have my bacon I was like okay you bring a strong argument
0: <laughs> that's that's the solution yeah well that's the thing like I work at a pizza place now and I get 50% off pizza which means uh theoretically I can bring home a lot of cheap pizza and it's very good pizza that I get to make myself which is satisfying and you know but uh now Teffer can't eat it yeah. So I'm like, okay. So I'm sharing it with the kids, which is fine, but it's way less of an incentive because the kids will also just eat like whatever we've yeah. got. So it's not as uh, it's you know I end up eating most of it. I, I heard a hard.
1: beautiful quote, which was, uh, "I believe a union of two people should always be one person who doesn't like pickles and one person who will eat those pickles." <laughs> We're a controversial household in that we both like pickles and oh. olives. <laughs>
0: I think there's not any things that we both dislike here.
1: Oh, there's uh, there's always at least something that uh, one of you likes that the other doesn't?
0: Yeah, yeah. Tefer, Tefer doesn't do seafood. I like seafood, but I don't eat it enough for it to be a problem, you know?
1: Se- seafood's a weird one because, like, like, some stuff I'm like you, it's just salty jello and it's disgusting and then there's other stuff where it's like I will eat all the crab do not sure. get in the way of me and crab and meanwhile my girlfriend's like you had your lobster don't take mine like, there's, <laughs> there's some levels of uh, competitiveness in who's getting what oh definitely but like I've never been a fan of like mussels but like patonks and all that are delicious. Sure. Like there's sea but seafood's a very 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 touchy subject because yeah. there's some people that love seafood and some people that hate seafood and I don't think there's a whole lot of in between.
0: No, that's it. Like it's kind of hard to be medium on it. It's it's very I I think maybe just because it feels like a treat most of the time at mm-hmm. least where we are <laughs> like I don't know, like, shrimp is not necessarily a cheap option most of the time, right? No. Even if it's the, sh- the cheapest of the seafoods, like, shrimp always feels like a, a little treat. You know, if you yeah. get it at a restaurant, you it's feel like posh expensive. When you eat
1: shrimp. You're like, mm, I'm, I'm having shrimp. That's like, it. I'm high class tonight.
0: Yeah. I had to clean poop out of this thing's back. That makes me classy. <laughs> Speaking of foods that are classy and fancy, that's the segue I'm going to go with. Uh, yeah. Obviously, our topic today is Quebec's national dish. The poutine.
1: Um, I, I just struggle this because Quebec, I think, is known for two big foods, which are smoked meat sure. and poutine. Well, yeah. So it's imp- important to mention both. The, Absolutely. You can't just say one is the national.
0: But I think poutine is a dish, whereas smoked meat is a an ingredient. Yes. Have you ever had smoked meat with poutine? Absolutely. It is a beautiful okay. combination. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I'm right there with you. I, uh, I definitely want to do a whole episode on smoked meat sometime. It's funny. I'm friends with a guy whose grandpa was, well, he was actually on the show a little while ago, Andy Sherman. His grandfather or great, great uncle, that sounds right, um, was like Morris the Shadow Sherman, the guy who invented Montreal Steak Spice at like... Uh, Schwartz's back in the day, but because Schwartz's is is, uh, not actually kosher Andy has never eaten it in his life (laughs) Wow So I might try to get Andy for an episode about smoked meat But it will specifically not be
1: Schwartz's yeah, Schwartz's is, is my my girlfriend's family's whole go to when they get smoked meat. That's where they that's where they go. So I good. I am not that picky. I will eat any smoked meat. Oh, absolutely. Especially <laughs> on Putin. Putin, with smoked meat is delicious. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So
0: let's uh let's get into like what Putin is, just in case anybody listening doesn't know, or in case anybody listening thinks they know. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, got, I've got
1: four ingredients that I put. Four. Okay. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, one of them is the potential. Okay. So I put, it, the poutine consists of fries, uh, which is the potatoes, not, not, not chips for those of you in the UK. Right. Fries, gravy, curd cheese, which is a certain type of cheese that is pretty much almost exclusive to Quebec. Very hard to find outside of Quebec. And potential toppings that you can sure. add to the poutine.
0: Yeah, well that's the thing. The, the potential toppings I think are like totally fine it's you need those three essential ingredients though
1: yes those three are not not non-negotiable
0: yeah i do know um i think wisconsin is a place where they have a lot of cheese curds as well okay that might be the only place outside of quebec that it's like easy to come by yeah, everywhere but else i, I remember yeah.
1: like you, we I uh, we did a cross Canada trip my family and I uh which was very interesting and very fun uh this was in my when I was in elementary school uh right on the last day of school my mom got my sister and I in the car and we drove across the country and my dad had to work and then he flew to uh, BC once we got there and we drove back so we've been to a lot of places but I remember a specific story in the West Edmonton Mall McDonald's and we went there and we looked at the menu and I said they have Poutine! And my mom's like, don't get their poutine. And the, the lady at the cash went, where are you guys from? And my mom's like, Quebec. She goes, don't get our poutine. <laughs> she was just ashamed <laughs> that they would might have to serve a Quebecer. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, no, that's the thing. So um, so for people not from here, I think there there's a tendency for people outside of Quebec to look at poutine as a dish and think like, oh, it's French fries, gravy and cheese, which it is. Like yeah. at its core, it's French fries, gravy, and so cheese. Much more. But it's so much more, and the the type of cheese really does matter. Um, yes. And like, you know, uh, I've seen a lot of really beautiful takes on poutine, is what I'll call it. You know, cover cover songs of poutine, if you will, where like you know somebody will be on a cooking competition show, and they'll be like, "Well, I'm going to do you know my version of a poutine, and it'll be you know French fries and like." bechamel and like you know a whole bunch of stuff that's like definitely like several steps removed but like they're still doing fries with some kind of goop and cheese and it's like okay i get it but i think that the only way you can really get away with that is if you definitely also understand that you're doing it wrong you know yes like you have to have the fundamentals locked down before you're allowed to stray too far from them
1: yeah i would say that a lot of quebecers will agree uh, and when I say Quebecers, I don't mean people from Quebec City. I really mean the province itself. Yeah. <laughs> um. Because people from Montreal, I th- I think that's like the big difference is like Quebec versus Montreal is kind of smoked meat versus poutine. Mm. Because like mm, like one one is probably better in one spot than the other. Sure. But you can top fries with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But a poutine is almost like considered a sacred dish by Quebecers. Right. Whereas you can't really deviate too heavily from the core concept of fries, gravy, curd cheese. That's it. Because like I've there's a Place actually here on the south shore that's very good called Twisted Burger, and uh, one of the things I like to order from there is the like chili fries, where they've got like f- they've got like a chili sauce, almost like a uh, like Michigan hot dogs where it's like uh, ground beef mixed up with like a sauce. Oh sure, yeah. But they pour that on top of fries and they put like some chives and some cheese. Very good. But yeah, definitely not a poutine. Not a poutine.
0: Yeah, but that's the thing, right? And I feel like a lot of places feel like they have to call their gravy fries poutine because it sounds classier. But honestly, nobody gets a poutine to be classy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say no. I I've never seen classy and poutine really used no. in the same sentence.
0: That's it. If I get a poutine and it's classy, I feel like I've been
1: robbed of my money a little bit. It's supposed yeah, like to the- be greasy yeah it's it's supposed to be greasy it's supposed to make you it's 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 a guilty pleasure food like you you eat it not to feel good you eat it to feel good yeah (laughs) like you you want to you want to feel bad after you're done the puts in but you want to feel good while you eat it
0: yeah that's exactly it it both
1: ways
0: (laughs) every time i get a put in even if like because you know whatever neighborhood you're in if it has multiple put in takeout options which in montreal yes that's just a thing like you know there's the place that i get put in from and it's eight dollars and there's the place that I get put in from, and it's like sixteen dollars. And I know the difference in quality between the two, but at yeah. the end of the day, I'm gonna feel exactly the same after eating them. I just will order one or the other based on like what topping preferences I'm feeling like, because I am a fan of uh, of a putin with like extra stuff on it, uh, which we can get into in a minute. But I uh, <laughs> I appreciate that no matter which place I go to, I will enjoy eating it, and then about an hour later,
1: I have cramps. And that's just how it goes. But you you have cramps, but you don't have regret. No. That's why put sins are magic. (laughs) Because they make you feel bad, but you never regret it. You're like, this is <laughs> worth it. That's how it. That's how good a good puts-in can be.
0: I do occasionally regret getting a large instead of a regular.
1: Yes, that, that, that goes without saying. Like,
0: you, <laughs> you really don't need a large, but for whatever reason, sometimes I'm looking at a delivery menu, and I freeze when I see the size options, and I'm like, oh man if I get the regular and it's too small, I'm going to be really sad. So I should get the large to be safe. Yeah. And then the large shows up and it's bigger than my face. And I'm like, Oh shit. No, this was, I didn't, <laughs> this, need this. this was a mistake. Yeah. A, a sweet, delicious mistake. <laughs> That's it. Um, let's talk alternate toppings because we we've established yep. the baseline that it has to be fries has to be cheese curds has to be gravy yep. uh also maybe worth mentioning that the gravy is like typically a brown gravy typically chicken yes. gravy um it's not like super thick like it's not like a biscuits and gravy type gravy it's more of a like sauce gravy yeah i'm seeing that a lot of the time it's uh, spiced with pepper and is a combination of chicken and beef stock thanks wikipedia but i think a lot of you know every restaurant's going to have their own gravy um, a lot of restaurants have vegetarian gravy options in case because it's, you know, 2021 and sometimes people want to put in, but they don't want meat. But uh, yeah. at the end of the day, it's got to be a brown gravy, got to be French fries, got to be cheese curds. Yeah. Let's talk uh, toppings.
1: I, I, well, I made a quick list of places that I've gone for putin that I like are very memorable. Sure. And for different reasons. Uh, I, the first, I, ne- I don't want to put any real negativity. I don't want to bash it. Uh, McDonald's poutine's always feel a little lackluster, and I would say that's because I believe they use grated mozzarella instead of cheese curds mm. when they make their poutine. Right. And I think that has something to do with it, but also McDonald's fries are fantastic, and you can't really get that type of fry anywhere else. Like the squishy fries when you get them, not the not the hard ones that crunch, but like, the squishy ones, <laughs> right. there's something satisfying about those, and you can't get those anywhere else. Not good for a poutine, though. No, that's I it. Feel.
0: I, like they're, they're wonderful french fries and it almost feels just as wrong to bastardize them
1: with gravy as it feels to call that a poutine yeah yeah. but uh, the two main places where I get uh, extra toppings on my poutines that I mentioned are there's a place on the south shore called La Fleur, oh, La, Fleur. Yeah. La Fleur has excellent poutines and I will tell you my two favorites uh, shortly but uh, when I'm on the island if I can get there it's right near the Piranha Bar Frita it's mm-hmm. like underneath Yep. Uh, they've got all sorts of stuff. Uh, But the two that I've really had there that I've tried back when we could share food with people because it wasn't <laughs> frowned upon and COVID didn't exist, uh, I got myself a General Tau Putsin, which okay. had General Tau chicken on it, which was very, very good because the General Tau sauce actually kind of worked well with the gravy as well. But also they have a duck Putsin, and duck is a very distinct flavor, mm. and the duck meat actually goes very well.
0: Oh, I would believe that. I've never had a deck put in, but that sounds great. Le Fleur's is actually—they're a chain, and I yes. think there is also one downtown somewhere. Because I feel like I've been to one not on
1: the south shore. Yeah, but funny I, enough, I, I think I've one also
0: one. been to one on the south shore. Weirdly,
1: yeah. It's it's right across from the Panama bus station. Yeah, if any of you are living on the south shore, Lafleur has phenomenal putzins. Uh, the bi- the large size is like huge. Like you- most people can't finish it. And I say most people, meaning everyone but myself. I, I am a proud, <laughs> able-bodied man who can finish a large Lafleur puts-in. <laughs> But uh, it's it's very difficult to finish when you get some of the ones with toppings because mm. some of the toppings are delicious. Uh, the, the one I like the most is uh, fried onion with ground beef. Oh, yeah. Very, very, very good. And the other one is, like, the Meat Lovers version, which has ground beef, cut-up sausage, and little bits of bacon. Okay. But, like, actual bacon. Yeah. Not, like, bacon bits. Right. And, ooh, <laughs> yeah, that, that one hits kind of different. You can also – they've got, like, this uh, – peppery, like, powder that you can put on your... as, like, a condiment. Oh, And uh, I, whenever I would go to Lafleur with my friends, they would often get the chicken one, the chicken and hot pepper one, and they would put extra hot, like, powdery, like, powdered pepper on it, but that's because they're both Chilean, and, like, spices their life. Sure. So... <laughs> Oh, I was man. never that bold, but I've heard
0: good things. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i a big fan of a poutine with toppings. I, I mean, mostly just because I like, I really like a plain poutine, but I'm also someone who like likes to sort of have a little bit more variety. So some nights I'm like really feeling like I want the feeling of eating poutine, but I don't necessarily want that to be the only thing I taste, you know? So Atlas Pizza and NDG, whose praises I sing constantly, uh, their poutine is fantastic. Uh, and they have a Quebecois poutine, that is uh you know fries sauce cheese as always uh but then it also has pepperoni mushroom onion and bacon I think that sounds that right sounds really good. yeah and that is such a lovely thing and I think I don't know when the like combination of pepperoni mushroom and bacon and onion like became the like Quebecois topping because Québé- I see them Québé- on pizza too but, but I love The
1: Quebequa pizza is mushroom, bacon, and pepperoni. And I don't like mushrooms, so I usually replace the mushrooms with onion. Okay. And that's a very good taste. But uh, I have actually had pepperoni and poutine, and uh, it, it is very, very good. It's nice. It's
0: it's It feels like a weird texture maybe for poutine, but it tastes really good, so I can get over it. Yeah um the other thing i uh i used to live across from a place downtown uh, in the plateau i guess on the corner of saint laurent and rachel uh i used to live in a little apartment there uh, um and right across the street from us was a place called peterific and i don't know if peterific is still open they were a I think they are They were last time I was down there But you know It's COVID Who knows They had you know souvlaki pitas Was like their main thing But they also had Really good poutine And they had a Philly steak poutine That was like you know Philly steak Green peppers Onions And like A yellow cheese sauce That I'm pretty sure was uh, Like cheese whiz In a bottle uh, On top of you know The core poutine ingredients And that blew my mind And was one of my favorite Pieces of takeout When I used to live
1: there uh, th- that does sound very very good, <laughs> so good.
0: I have since been trying to find a Philly steak poutine that compares, and uh, nothing has quite done it for me. Although mm-hmm. Poutineville on Queen Mary does have a very good Philly steak poutine as well.
1: There's there's some there's some level like that's what I like about poutine is it's such a simple it's three ingredients, and yet you could you have places where you're like absolutely get the poutine or absolutely do not get the poutine. Like right. it it really is that the dev- like, divisive right divisive yeah. for divides anyway I, that sounds right my yeah. my ability to speak the English language you know I've been speaking for less years than I've been eating but <laughs> I you'd think I'd be pretty good at it by now but I will say I honestly believe this and now that it's, it's going to go public with this podcast if you want just a standard puts mm-hmm. of the fries the gravy and curd cheese I think one of the best places to get it, I don't know if it depends on which one you go to, but we have a Belle Provence near our house <laughs> that does it just right. And right. with extra cheese is even better. Um, but I think they've got some one of the best combos when it comes to quality of the fries, quality of the cheese, and the type of gravy that they use. Like The, the fries from Belle Provence are greasy and delicious and the exact type you would want to use in a poutine. In my opinion, you know, I uh,
0: I absolutely agree with you to the point where when you started that sentence and you hadn't said which place you were talking about yet, in the back of my mind, I was like, "He's going to say a Bell Pro. It's going to be a Bell Pro." <laughs> it's yeah. going to be a Bell Pro. <laughs> um, I don't know if I, I suspect probably La Belle Province doesn't exist outside of Quebec, uh, but here there is one in like most neighborhoods. Uh, it is a fast food chain. Uh, it's incredible. It's very much your like standard. Quebec caskroot kind of stuff. You know, burgers,
1: hot dogs, poutine. I think that's it, right? Like, they smoked maybe have, meat. like... Yeah, they've that's got, right. They've got smoked meat, they've got burgers and fries. I actually, for a long time, have been getting their subs. Okay. Uh, uh, their special sub is delicious, but my friend told me, try the chicken sub, and you won't ever go back, and I honestly have not ever gone back. Fair the enough. chicken sub is that good. <laughs> they basically take one of their chicken burgers and slice it up and put it into a sub, with and you can ask for like mayonnaise and you get that like that orangish sauce that they add <laughs> it's just so it's like it's like a vinaigrette right that, oh, man it's just it's good it's real good man. But, like the, the poutine is fantastic i've always been a fan of steamies. like bel yeah. is i think one of the fast food chains that i just know the most about <laughs> their menu without being prompted otherwise
0: it's funny i um i was realizing recently the thing that i miss most about um you know the, the kind of restaurants I guess that I miss going to the most I thought would be like fancy places that make stuff that I don't think I can make at home but honestly the things that I miss the most are diner food and like cast stuff which like arguably is diner food but I mean like the distinction for me is like when I say diner food I mean like they also have like you know pizza getty and like
1: you yeah. know breakfast like it's 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 weird that like what because it's it's interesting because when you think of diner food you think of the booth you think of like a family home homey-ish right. setting where you like feel at home and you got to feel at home in the comfort of a diner with your friends and that's something that we all miss because COVID has really kept people apart right I think is one of the big things
0: well that's it yeah I, I miss sitting in a diner I miss having a waiter come over and offer me a refill of my coffee every like 10 minutes and then feeling awful all afternoon because I'm hopped up on like four times as much caffeine as I usually am. <laughs> I miss like the the white placemats, the white paper placemats with the red border around the edges. You know? Yeah. It's, Someone uh, bring me
1: some crayons. I need to Exactly. Make
0: <laughs> and I think uh, when I think of La Belle Provence, it's it's very much like that, right? Like I think they're all kind of styled to look a little bit like a diner, but with their yeah. own kind of color branding. <laughs>
1: yeah i i completely agree but uh, that that whole diner experience like the that, that just when i think diner experience i think of a booth and someone has the smoked meat and it makes you wish that you ordered the smoked meat <laughs> because you can smell it from your seat right and you're just with friends and like it like that that that's like the aspect of family is you're with the people that you love absolutely And together and f- food really does bring people together
0: oh hey would you look at that we're in the mid-roll already That means it's time for me to tell you all about my friend Seth's Kickstarter campaign. For those of you who don't know, Seth Day is the host of the Rad Child Podcast, one of our sister shows here on the Upford Network. Rad Child aims to help equip parents, educators, and really anyone who has kids in their lives to talk to those kids about some of the stuff in life that can be a bit harder to talk about. Things like sex, neurodiversity, religion, racism, the list goes on and on. And you can check out the show wherever you get your podcasts. And for the next 40-ish days, if you click the Kickstarter link in the description of this episode, you can pledge to donate as little as a dollar to help fund the next season of Rad Child Podcast. Seth's been making the show for the past two years entirely out of his own pocket, which is awesome, but he needs your help to keep it going. He's getting super close to his goal, to the point where I really wouldn't be surprised if he reaches it by the time this episode comes out, and every dollar helps, and you can get all kinds of rad perks as a way of saying thanks. Again, that's Radchild Podcast on Kickstarter, or you can hit the link in the description of this episode for ease of access. The only other thing I want to remind you about here in the middle of this episode is that for the rest of the month of January, I'll be donating $2 to Raven Trust for every new rating and review you guys leave on the show on Apple Podcasts. You can learn all about Raven Trust by going to their website, linked below, and it only takes a minute or two to leave that rating and review, so it really isn't a whole lot of effort on your part. So, go do it! Help me help them help Indigenous people all across Canada. Alright, let's get back to the show. Okay, a final poutine question for you. This just came to me when you said that because this is something that I've always kind of gone back and forth on. Would you share a poutine with someone? Where do you stand on that?
1: Kind of like uh, the uh, Lady and the Tramp spaghetti. Like, is it it a meal worth sharing with someone?
0: No, I just mean like if you, let's say like you and, I don't know, like you and your girlfriend go to a, a restaurant and sit down and you're looking at what to order and they have a poutine on the menu that both of you think sounds good. And she's like, do you want to just share it? Would you do that? Or would you be like, no? (laughs)
1: Here's here's the issue, Tom. I respect you, so I'm going to give you the truth. If ever there's something on a menu of any kind that I see that I want, it is almost exclusively, unless it's an appetizer, it's almost exclusively going to be a, you get your own because I will finish mine and whatever else I order. Sure, yeah, yeah. I have ordered puts in with other things, (laughs) other full meals and finish both because <laughs> I don't share my poutine with anybody nor will I share my pizza getty with anybody. <laughs> okay, like, if I want a pizza getty and a poutine, I will have both. <laughs> I I don't feel like it's a it's it, it's absolutely I've seen it done and I have actually done it in the past, I'll, but for the most part I wouldn't. But, like, if sometimes you order a puts in and you're, like, sometimes you're looking at the order, and you're, you're, you're the family's together, and you're like, or, the, or the friends, or whatever you're with, and you're like, all right, we want an extra large this, and, oh, they have a puts in. Eventually, you just go, we're going to get the biggest size puts in they have, and we're going to open up that aluminum circle <laughs> that it's in, and slice it into thirds, and we're each going to take a third of it. Sure. Like, that is acceptable. But when you're, like, out... You, you get your own puts in, or you give someone some of your fries, but you never give them the cheese because the cheese is the best part. Yeah. Like, you, like any, and people who share the cheese, that that creeps me out. Those people are monsters. To anybody.
0: Yeah, I think I'm right there with you. I think I couldn't, uh, like, yeah, I, I think I would have to, to premeditate sharing it in order to, like, feel okay with it. But honestly, nine times out of ten, I wouldn't. Like, if someone wants a bite, that's one thing. But yeah. I think it is something that, like, I
1: think it is something, be your own. Yeah, I was going to say, I think a in is something that you can share, but not something you can split.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's it. Because I think that a large part of the experience of eating putin is the, like... Hmm, what am I trying to say the actual like going in for the bite you know when you're like stabbing it in just the right spot every given bite to get what yeah, you to want get, to get board. a bit of
1: cheese a bit of fries and like a not overwhelming amount of gravy it's That's an art it.
0: yeah and if you if you're sharing it with someone and you're both going at it that really can throw off the balance in a really uncomfortable way and then you end up with like a bad poutine by the end of it and yeah, I don't you, want that.
1: You get nothing but fries left or nothing but cheese left. Like, nothing but cheese left isn't a problem. Like we, like we <laughs> said before, cheese is the best part. Sure. I say we. I absolutely just said that and brought you into it. But, uh, it, no, cheese, it, poutine is this thing where you, you, you can split it with someone, but like, sharing it is not, if if you share your poutine, I've heard that it's the most sincere I love you you can give mm. someone. I think I've never loved someone enough for that because like oh, and and you you don't know it scares you that you don't know if you'll ever love someone enough to let them have some of your putin. you know what it is i will share my putin with people if i
0: am still the one deciding what they get on the fork you know what i mean like if my like if toby <laughs> if my two-year-old wants some putin, i'm not going to say no but i'm not going to let him go for it i'm going to get some on a fork and give it to him because then you yep. still have control of the bite and you still have control of the balance I think that's what it comes down to for me yeah that's, that's kind of
1: interesting because you think of something like spaghetti sure like you can just give someone a spoonful of spaghetti and not worry unless unless there's meatballs in it if you if you're giving them like <laughs> three out of your five remaining meatballs you're gonna feel like oh this isn't right like the, I, this is my food and I'm hungry and I want the meatballs right but like put, puts in is such a balance and that that's why like it matters where you get it cuz some places they they put a little bit too much sauce or the fries are a little too crispy they're not they're not greasy enough like th- everything needs to really come together for a poutine and e- if you eat the poutine wrong you can live with yourself but if you if someone else gets into it you don't want to ruin that balance you exactly. don't want someone else to have control of that <laughs> that's
0: it it's it's one of the few areas in life where like I feel like it is okay to be controlling is when it comes to the balance of the food on your plate.
1: Yeah, you know? I feel I feel strongly about it. This is weirdly existential, Tom. You know, I, when you when you had me on to talk about Putin, I thought, you know what? I know Putin but now. <laughs> I feel like I know more. That's always kind of the balance I I strike with this show,
0: or at least I aim to strike, is like, let's really get into it, you know? Let's really unpack it. Let's really talk about why it matters and what matters to us about it. And I think that we got there. I think we got something really
1: beautiful out of this. Yeah. (laughs) The the beauty of not sharing your food. Well, no. The the control that you have over the Putsin is the control you have over the universe. Yeah. I like that. You are responsible for your Putsin, and you have control over what you want. If you want more cheese in your life, go get more cheese. Fight for what you want.
0: I think in in 2021, after the year that we had last year, a little bit of extra control in our lives is maybe something that we can all sympathize with wanting. And so I would encourage you, listener, if you have access to putin somewhere near you or something that eats like putin, whether it's gravy fries or chili fries or nachos, honestly, are like very <laughs> putin adjacent in terms of like structure. Yeah,
1: it, yeah. honestly, like when you have like the nachos with the melted cheese on top and someone takes that nacho that's more cheese than nacho and you're like, bro, I'm letting you have some of my food. Don't take all the cheese. Yeah, it's the best part. That's exactly it. Uh, I think
0: that's that's the beauty of it, you know. Get yourself get yourself something that feels like putin to you, and eat it, and enjoy the balance, and enjoy the control you have over that balance, and let it be a brief respite from the chaos of the world. Oh yes, Liam, do you have any final thoughts on Putin or anything you want to plug before we yeah, wrap I'm,
1: things up? I'm I'm really hungry right now. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Putin is great it's 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 a very filling meal which is which is really good and like that's part of what makes you feel gross afterwards but don't don't feel gross because uh, honestly i'm not some kind of conspiracy theorist but based on how the world is going right now how the states are going right now how covid's going right now how climate change is going right now we've got like max 20 years ahead of us like d- do what you want <laughs> have fun don't don't like overthrow the government and cause world chaos because we're all going to be dead in 25 years anyway so just enjoy what you have and have fun with it
0: that sounds good yeah I, I think uh climate science has made it pretty clear that we're gonna die by 2050 if we don't get our shit
1: together by 2030 oh, yeah. and uh so, so eat puts in and enjoy yourselves
0: yeah sounds good uh liam where can
1: people find you if they want to find you the two big places that i'm active are twitter and uh, at MeritLage227 two M-A-R-I-T-L-A-G-E 227 and uh, you can find me on Twitch I want to start streaming more but uh, work has been interesting but I will be streaming more and more I technically hold a unverified world record which I will be recording in the near future if I can wow. for video game related stuff so yeah that'll be fun but uh, you can look forward to content I'm usually gaming with my friends so uh, trying to make that uh, make that online personality thing a thing Sweet. If you like gaming, come come check me out. Uh, come chat with me. I'm very active with the chat. I l- love meeting new people and chatting up with people. So uh, you can also hit me up on Twitter. I'll be happy to like respond and talk to you about Putin on Twitter. I have no qualms making my opinions on food public because I've been eating for 26 years counting, and uh, I know what I'm talking about.
0: Here's to at least 26 more, assuming the inevitable heat death of the universe doesn't get us <laughs> sooner. I absolutely <laughs> um, thanks for having me huh? yeah my pleasure thanks so much for listening to up for discussion do you have a favorite kind of poutine tell me all about it on twitter and instagram at down talking or at tom's if you like this episode and want to help us make the show even better you can head to patreon.com up for discussion to donate for as little as a dollar a month you'd be joining the ranks of fine folks like patrick gabriel kendallin carlea thomas george poppy killian sarah angelica Anne, andrew laura erica and chantal Patrons get to request topics for episodes of the show and get access to all kinds of other awesome perks. And again, that is patreon.com slash discussion if you want to donate even as little as a dollar. We also have merch, and you can hit the merch link in the description to get all sorts of great stuff from our lovely friends over at TeePublic. And of course, you can support the show for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice, especially Apple Podcasts, and by sharing this episode with a friend. Maybe a friend who thinks they know Putin, but uh, maybe doesn't. Or a friend who has strong feelings about Putin. Or a friend who's never heard of it before in their life and needs to be educated. This is your chance. Educate your friends. Our theme music is by Zach Ingalls, and our cover art is by David Flam. You can find links to support both of them in the description of this episode, as well as links to everything that Liam and I talked about throughout the course of the show. Last but not least, the show is produced and edited by me, Tom Zalatni, as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. See you next week, when I'll be talking to former host of the show, Adrian Schoen, about Chicago food. You know, Chicago with the Bears and the Cubs and probably another sports team named after a bear? Sports! next week on up for discussion i oh, hope you understand it just takes a little time I'm October Jones, Hi, and this is... I'm Fish with Legs. I'm a fish, fish. with legs. Fish. I'm the elemental creature of water, and I'm here to tell you about my podcast called October Jones and Fish with Legs, starring me and my best friend, <clears throat> October Jones. Nailed it. October and Fish is a fictional series that follows me and Fish with Legs as we try to stop an evil two-headed snake from releasing a terrible monster. And make friends and go on adventures and get captured a lot and escape a lot and encounter racism. And what? And learn very special lessons every third episode. I have not learned a single lesson. Yes you did. We learned about being friends and authoritarianism and colonialism and how to defeat a giant crab. Authoritarianism? They're in authority for a reason, Fish With Legs. If everyone followed the rules set in place by the human government, then there wouldn't but be- for adults and kids. <laughs> New episodes on Mondays. You can find it wherever you find podcasts and of course, on the Upford website. Okay, that's it, bye.
1: Hi there, I'm Nick Hughes, the son. And I am James Hughes, the father. Together, we co-host Canada's Young Leaders, a podcast exploring bold ideas for our country's future. Our third and final season focuses specifically on climate change how we got here, and where we need to go. We'll be speaking with young environmental leaders about the roles of governments, corporations, and individuals in combating this crisis, and also thinking about the role of the COVID-19 pandemic in the climate movement. So, if you're someone who is concerned about climate change and wants to learn more, check out Canada's Young Leaders, a very proud member of the Upford Network.